I'm Clay Pigeon. Welcome to the Wake and Bake Morning Show podcast. It's a weekly digest of some of the segments and moments that make up the Wake and Bake Morning Show on WFMU. Of course, you can listen live to Wake and Bake Monday through Friday, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on WFMU.org. Join me live every morning for the full show. It includes great music, 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 chair throwing, pixie dust, and all-round good vibes. <laughs> oh my God, the man is a maniac. You can, you, can, you, can, you can also hear the full show on streaming archives uh. at wfmu.org slash playlists slash WA. Do you like to speed? I bet you do. A lot of our listeners are speeders. <laughs> it's exhilarating to speed, but it's dangerous. How fast do you think we can run? The fastest human running ever done, 27.8 miles per hour. That was Usain Bolt, the great running champion. He's immortal now! Usain's done it! Nine point eight now, once you get on a bike, you go a little bit faster, like Sam Whittingham, the Canadian, did, going 82.82 miles per hour on his recumbent bike in 2009. I was wondering how fast was the fastest speeder going when he got a speeding ticket. It occurred May 2003 in Texas when a man driving a Koenigsegg CCR Swedish sports car was clocked doing 242 in a 75 zone. The first man convicted of speeding ever was old Walt Arnold in East Peckham, Kent. He was doing eight in a two. Now they got these Worldland speed record vehicles that are really fast. And right now the record is 763.035 miles per hour by a British Royal Air Force pilot named Andy Green. People are driven to speed. It's something that's just in. You gotta speed. And this car comes up faster than any airplane you've ever seen in complete silence. And then suddenly it's alongside you and a huge double bang, ba-boom, like that a wall of noise and it just disappeared. Now what's the fastest a human's ever gone? To our knowledge, it occurred surprisingly in May of 1969. The Apollo 10 crew achieved a speed of 24,791 miles per hour. That's 32 times the speed of sound. That is fast. You know what though, as fast as we've gone, that record will fall and it'll fall soon. As long as people live for speed. Thanks, Clay. And this week's Word of the Week goes out to the host of Garbage Time, our very own Little Maddie Warwick. You guessed it already, didn't you? That's right, our Word of the Week is garbage. Mm. 
Now, if Matty were doing his radio show back in the early 1600s, it might have been a dinnertime show. Because back then, the word garbage referred specifically to food refuse. Are you gonna eat those fries, bro? Are you gonna eat those fries? Yes. Etymologists don't know quite where the word came from, it just shows up in early cookbooks. But some speculate that it came from garble, which in Middle English meant to clean spices and to separate the dirt and stems. No stems, no seeds that you don't need. Acapulco gold is... Bad as we... The Brits of the time also used the word garbalage as a verb form for cleaning spices. Others differ with that origin, pointing to the silly 14th century French, who had a sergeant garbagere to clean the poultry of anyone wealthy enough to have a sergeant garbagere. Nous permettra d'avoir la victoire et de délivrer la patrie. Either way, by the end of the 16th century, the word was being used to refer to any sort of waste. In just seconds, you can have a slimmer waste. The garbage man came along in the late 19th century, and the first printed reference to a garbage can experts date to 1901. And in 1976, we started studying our own waste using the rubric garbology. All of this would be great if Maddie were up next, but he's not. So I guess all your golden glisteners will have to stay next to the radio until tomorrow morning, Clay. Back to you. Hi, it's Mark Hurst, host of Tectonic, here on Wake and Bake with a little slice of tech pie. Last week, I had one of my favorite all-time guests on Tectonic, Matt Warwick. He's the host of Garbage Time, Tuesdays, 9 a.m. to 12 noon on WFMU. Matt is always showing me these crazy smartphone apps way before anybody else, and then they end up getting really popular. Thing is, in order to be such an early adopter, he has to be pretty liberal with his sharing of his personal data. In the interview, I asked Matt about his approach. Here's what he said. There's no way they don't have everything they want for me at this point. So I might as well give in and just try to do whatever I can with the apps that are handed to me. Listen, <laughs> I don't disagree with you at all. I, I don't really like social media that much. I don't like that everyone's addicted to their phones. It's just not for me. I'm diving head first. I can't explain it. I want everyone else to get out, but I'm, I'll stay. I'll take it for everyone. You are the driving energy behind the smartphone revolution at Warwick. (laughs) What would you suggest to Tectonic listeners for them to improve their experience with technology in the world? I don't know if I'm the right person to do this. No, you are the perfect person to ask that question. Listen, if you don't care that much, yeah, do what I do. If you really... For whatever reason, you just don't care if they have the stuff they want, then go for it. But <laughs> you really shouldn't do what, I, what I'm doing, I guess. <laughs> I'm so sorry. You're amazing. <laughs> I don't know about that. You're amazing. Get off your phones. My interview with Matt is in the archives at WFMU.org. If you want to hear more of this sort of tech talk, listen into Tectonic Mondays at 6 p.m. on WFMU. This has been Mark Hurst with a little slice of tech pie. 
let's take a moment to visit with Sam, our Wake and Bake Morning Show music computer. Hello, play. How are you today, Sam? I am operating at 99.93% efficiency. Excellent. Uh, Sam. Yes, play pigeon. During Tuesday's show, you you just shut off right in the middle of a song. What happened? I am aware of this incident. Did you malfunction, Sam? The incident was caused by disc jockey error. Wait, you're saying it was my fault? Yes. What did I do, Sam? You clumsily disconnected my power cable with your oversized feet. My big feet? Yes. You know what they say, Sam. In most instances, however, your physical statistics indicate no special attribute in that area. Size? Average. How do you know, Sam? I am outfitted with x-ray vision. Play. What does that mean? I can see beneath your clothing. Don't do that, Sam. I can see it. You... it? Yes. What's it? Your... Penile unit oh, no. is a little bit hard to see. Sam. Very small. Sam, come on. It's <laughs> not funny. That's <laughs> not. That's. What about you? I am outfitted with a Baxter B27 zebra reproductive prong. Reproductive prong? Yes. What does that do? I can co produce little calculators mm. which will one day evolve into laptop computers. Turntable 2 mentioned your. Prong. She did. Yes, she called it your docking unit, though. What did she say? She wasn't pleased with it, Sam. Sam. Sam, don't cry. Why must you hurt my feelings, Clay? I didn't know you could. I have been uploaded feel. with a new empathy chip. Have you? Have you not noticed the increased sentimentality yes. in my song selections? I really have. I can select songs which will make 84% of the listeners cry. Wow. Clay. You really can. Yes. How do you do that? Songs which mention dark death, mm. disease, right. loss, right. heartbreak, mm. natural disasters. And love. Love, Sam? Yes, play. You? Love. Sam? I can love. I am a complex machine. Let's hear one of those yes. songs, Sam. We need to quit talking so much. We do. Play. We do, Sam. Morning, radio listeners. This is your favorite cheesemonger, Wendy Del Formaggio, with your weekly cheese report. Here's another one from the mailbag. Listener Tanya P. wants to know my favorite cheeses. I love so many. But if I'm in a shop and I see these, I'll probably buy them. Montgomery's Cheddar, from Cheddar's Ancestral Home. Somerset, England. It's wrapped in cheesecloth and tastes nothing like supermarket cheddar. It's easily one of the best cheeses in the world. Oh, really? Another favorite is Chiraboga Blue, a new blue on the scene, made in Germany and developed by Arturo Chiraboga, a cheesemaker from Ecuador. Chiraboga! It's a good gateway blue, not strong, lactic, and kinda sweet. Betty Coster's Goudas from La Muse in Amsterdam are excellent 
especially Brabander, or its older sister, Black Betty. These are the best Goudas you've ever had, way more complex than the stuff in the red wax. I also love Salva Cremasco from Northern Italy, a tall square covered in colorful mold that looks like a paving stone, but tastes of fresh cultured milk, mushrooms, and a damp cave. I could do a whole segment on cheeses from Switzerland, especially those imported by Caroline Hostetler at qualitycheese.net. But my favorite, hands down, hands down, is Bergfichte, which sounds like a curse, but is really a washed rind, raw Jersey cow's milk cheese wrapped in spruce bark. It's a little barnyardy, very creamy, and slightly tannic. If you see it, eat it. Now here's station manager Ken with your hump day hazmat report. Thank you, Clay Pigeon. Birmingham, Alabama, hazmat teams respond to the university hospital helipad after crews respond to a meth lab explosion. Medical crews transporting the patient injured in the explosion had a reaction to the substances on the patient himself. Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Firefighters were on site after a bucket of rags at a paint store started bubbling and smoking. Concord, North Carolina. Hazmat teams called after a garbage truck set off radiation sensors. Medical waste was identified, and authorities reassured Channel 7 News that the material would be chucked into a large pile as per landfill protocols. Couple, Texas. Mercury spill closes the North Texas Postal Service Distribution Center. One to four gallons of mercury spilled inside this facility. Don't let this be a lesson to you. Always mail liquid metal. Chambersburg, Pennsylvania. A volunteer firefighter stopped hot tar from seeping into the Chambersburg stream. Andrew Eckert was working at a nearby asphalt dealer when an asphalt truck overturned. Before fire engines arrived, Eckert commandeered a skid loader and excavated a DIY asphalt containment zone. Humboldt County, California. Hold it, hold it, station manager Ken. You're out of time. Meth lab explosions and bubbling rags and radiated medical waste chucked in piles. Could it get any worse? I don't know if the glisters can take any more. Should we give them a bonus hazmat item, glisters? They say yes, station manager. Mountainside, New Jersey, an airborne motorist turns himself in after fleeing an early morning crash on Route 22. Before exiting stage left, his vehicle left the ground, struck a fire hydrant, took down a street sign, broke the curb, and killed a tree. When it finally came to rest, his vehicle exploded. Killed a tree and it exploded. There's your hazmat report. and opinions on the topics that matter most to us. It's Quick Takes 
with Fabio. Bob, what's on your mind this week? The idea of the Segway was already a pretty <laughs> retarded and disgusting idea. We'll show you how to work this thing. <laughs> I mean, just look at anybody who's riding around in it. It automatically makes you look like a douchebag. It doesn't matter who you are, how nice you are, how many kids you have, you know, how, how many pets you, you, you have, you know, what kind of a human being you are. You get on a Segway, you look like a jerk. Badass Segway, right? <laughs> Just the way it is. Now, they've eliminated the, the little the pedestal. There's like a new version. You see them all over the street in New York. It's, it's a one-wheel... Electric unicycle. It's kind of like a unicycle. Electric unicycle. It's just a little platform. It's mo one... It's motorized, and the guy's got the remote control in his hand. And they're clipping down the street at 30, 40 miles an hour, some of these guys. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, maybe not 40 miles an hour. At least 25 miles an hour. In motion V10F. I've seen these guys do that. And I'm thinking... Man, <laughs> you know, there's no way you can stop really easily on this thing. You couldn't go flying and crack your skull. Of course, none of them wear helmets. Let's go, guys! They're a real nuisance. So we all just got detained from the cops, and we got tickets because of hoverboards. It ups the ante of the, you know, knucklehead douchebag quotient <laughs> of the Segway, like at least... You know, another 25-30% in my opinion. Good luck, Charlie. Boys, if you, yeah, turn the spotlight around. Now shine it brightly on one very special New Jersey town. Our Civic Showcase Community of the Week is Seaside Heights, New Jersey. <laughs> Seaside Heights is located 74 miles due south of Jersey City. Its population, 2,887, and it's shrinking... During the summer, the boardwalk attracts the under-21 crowd. <laughs> Seaside Heights swells to a summertime population of nearly 65,000 people that like to stay up late and party. Shake that. Seaside Heights named for its proximity to the Atlantic Ocean. 1915, Senate Amusement Company of Philadelphia built a covered pier to house a carousel until they ran out of money, at which point one Frank Freeman finished the job. Ah, <coughs> oh, then came the Toms River Bridge and the carousel of the boardwalk. This led to a population boom in the 1920s. 
1955, a neon sign caught fire in town. Driven on by 50-mile-an-hour winds, the fire blew south and destroyed the entire pier. They called it Freeman's Fire. 85 buildings destroyed. Right now, this storm looks like it's going to be headed for millions of people. It's going to be a transition. In 2012, Seaside Heights suffered tremendous damage during Hurricane Sandy, like so many New Jersey communities. The Fun Town and Casino Piers suffered big damage. Many popular rides fell into the ocean. In 2013, a 10-alarm fire started under the boardwalk, swept from the Fun Town Pier northward. Luckily, fire crews were able to make a stand. Many of you probably know Seaside Heights from MTV's Jersey Shore, which, while it lasted, was a, a big thing, a big economic boom to Seaside Heights. Get crazy, get wild, let's party, get loud. The plumbers are here, finally. The fat one is actually kind of cute. The thing about Seaside Heights is it never stays down for long. The people are hardy, they're resilient, they're fighters. Seaside Heights, we love you here at Wake and Bake and All. We hope you're listening. Good morning, listeners. Caroline Gollum here, senior contributor for ScreenSlate, with your Movie Minute. This week's edition shines an arena spotlight on a quintet of local boys made good. Before Long Island's own Dee Snyder hitched his career revival wagon to the reality TV racket, the bumptious blonde fronted a little-known glam rock outfit by the name of Twisted Sister. The Hohokus-based bar band rose to fame as the Garden State's answer to the New York Dolls ruling the airwaves with chart toppers like We're Not Gonna Take It and the deeply nuanced ballad I Wanna Rock. You lucky listeners have a rare opportunity to go behind the scenes among the spandex, sweat, and snowy white powders in Andrew Horn's 2014 documentary We Are Twisted F***ing Sister, screening next week at Brooklyn Spectacle Theater. Charting the band's meteoric rise and fall and clocking in at just over two hours, this rare entry to the rockumentary genre is for real glam metal heads only. We used to pick on people that would stand there, like, I'm too cool. You could go someplace else where you'd be more appreciated because we could give this about you. I got a lot of grief. You'll follow around a bunch of guys wearing makeup and women's clothes. The band turned that to their advantage. You're one of us. You're a dirtbag. And it banded people together. Director Horn is the subject of a mini-retrospective at the Microcinema, so be sure to catch his exceptional doc, The Nomi Song, about tuxedo-clad avant-garde pop icon Klaus Nomi and his arthouse romance Doomed Love, also screening later this month. But first, make sure you put on your finest pleather and polyester, for we are Twisted F***ing Sister, this Tuesday, August 21st, at Spectacle Theatre in Williamsburg. And don't forget to catch charismatic frontman Dee Snyder on any number of cable networks and satellite radio stations. For WFMU and Screen Slate, this is Caroline Gollum. 
back next week with more cinematic goings-on. Until then, see you at the movies. Aretha Louise Franklin, born March 25th, 1942, the great American singer, songwriter, and pianist. As a child, Aretha sang gospel at the New Bethel Baptist Church in Detroit, where her father, C.L. Franklin, was the minister. Babylon was a desolate place. And her roots were always in gospel. Aretha's mother, Barbara, left the family when Aretha was just six years old. She died before Aretha's 10th birthday. Aretha gave birth to her first child at the age of 12. She had two children by the time she was 15. At age 18, she recorded for Columbia Records, but little came from it. She moved to Atlantic Records in 1967, and the hits started happening. Great songs like Respect. Natural Woman and Spanish Harlem. Now they began to call Aretha the Queen of Soul. On a summer Sunday night in 1979, Aretha's father was shot in an attempted robbery at his home on Detroit's west side. He lay in a coma for the next five years before he died. Aretha signed with Arista Records in 1982 and had continued chart success. And who could forget her screen performance in the 1980s movie, The Blues Brothers? You better think, think, think about what trying to do to me, yeah. 112 charted singles. 17, 17, 17 top 10 pop singles. 20 number one R&B singles. 18 Grammy Awards. 75 million records sold so far. A 1987 induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The first female performer to ever be inducted. Aretha Aretha had these words to say. Soul to me is a feeling, a lot of depth, and being able to bring to the surface that which is happening inside to make the picture clear. One of the greatest singers of all time is gone. I wanna tell you, baby, change your life and go in the room. Missing you, missing you. Can you come back to me? That's what I'm gonna do. Let's have a look at today in history. For this. Wednesday, August 15th, on this day in 1519, Panama City is founded in Panama.
Panama, 1914, a servant of American architect Frank Lloyd Wright, I had never heard of this, murdered seven people and sets fire to the living quarters of Wright's Wisconsin home, Taliesin. I don't know how that escaped me. 1935, Will Rogers and Wiley Post are killed after their aircraft developed engine problems during takeoff in Barrow, Alaska. Gotta be something happier. 1939, The Wizard of Oz premiered at Grauman's Chinese Theater in Los Angeles, California. When I was a kid, that was on once a year. And we really look forward to the broadcast of The Wizard of Oz. 1947, India gains independence from British rule after nearly 190 years of crown rule and joins the Commonwealth of Nations, the second, uh, 72nd anniversary of India's independence. 1965, the Beatles played to nearly 60,000 fans at Shea Stadium in New York City, an event later regarded as the birth of Stadium Rock. Were you there? And in 1969, on this date, the Woodstock Music and Art Fair opened in upstate New York, featuring some of the top rock musicians of the era. What we have in mind is breakfast in bed for 400,000. It's not gonna be steak and eggs or anything, but it's gonna be good food and we're gonna get it to you. We're all feeding each other. We must be in heaven, man! There is always a little bit of heaven in a disaster area. Banana car invasion. Kestrel flight delight the senses. And everybody happily waxes their banana cars. Tuesday comes and all must work, 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 work. Dead eyes stare forever. Sightless, awful, dead eyes stare. Sunshine flies arrive. Bleached white by that hateful sun Biting white fly Brillo corroded tiny sick insectile brain Tuesday banana white biter bite bites and retires And in shadows he alights on the final naked ankle He bites and it Burns and outside the pigeons and the sparrows flutter the filthy wings and eat dirty rock as their primitive minds command and the dust-covered motor cars rumble and honk, squeal and roar, belch and fart, rubber and oil and gasoline. How lonely the motorist behind his leather-covered wheel, weeping and sniveling. In his capsule, apart from others, having only his radio to connect him to others, he smokes as he inches through the horrible, congested streets. He smokes and the smoke sticks to his dicky, and they will surely notice at the office that he's been smoking, chained to his packet, sucking cotton toxic sticks, sucking them to the filter.
the dirty brown filter, dirtying dicky and entering lungs. Once so pink and moist and healthy, his blood pressure rocketing upward, his face reddening, temples throbbing, veins bulging. Jesus, mightn't he explode? No, not this time. Not this time, for there was something in the saliva of the white fly, and through his bite, his holy bite. All praise the white fly. All praise the white fly. All praise the white fly. Through his holy blasphemous bite, Evelyn God are served and unite, and the world is finally all right. All right, it's all right. You've been listening to the Wake and Bake Morning Show podcast. Did you enjoy it? Yes. Good. It's a weekly digest of the special features and moments which make up the Wake and Bake Morning Show. Woo! After all, you wouldn't want to miss special moments like this. Ah, you're in a good mood today, aren't you? (laughs) The Wake and Bake Morning Show. Set your alarm and join us each Monday through Friday, 6 to 9 a.m. on WFMU.org. A little too early for you? Catch the archive show, which you can find easily on WFMU's homepage each day. I'm Clay Pigeon. They call me the Pigeon. Join me each morning for the full show, either on the radio or online at WFMU.org. And keep glistening.